Good evening and welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. Boy, it sounds good to say that once again. You know, that's been my tagline for a very long time. And I've been off the air for a while, um, mainly due to health reasons. Not only just my physical health, but my mental health. Um, I want to thank those who believe in the power of prayer and knew about my physical circumstances and was praying for me. I'm doing a whole, whole lot better uh, now. I can walk straight. I, I, one of my cousins from out of town was visiting me and I was all bent over walking with a cane and she was like, oh, we we, we going to have to do something about this. And so I'm walking straight now. The VA hooked me up with some um, prescription medication that has really helped me, you know, some muscle relaxers, some uh, pain pills, but it's all due to an old injury, which I haven't been able to afford to get a operation, the back operation that I need. And hopefully when I go see uh, my um, primary care for provider at the VA or my primary doctor that um I'll be able to get the operation, but I, I'm, you know, feeling I'm pretty much pain free. Um, can't overdo it or anything like that physically, but I'm feeling much better. And I just want to, uh, you know, thank those who believed in the power of prayer because I'm doing a whole lot, whole lot better. Um, also, a um, couple of announcements I need to get out the way. Uh, I'm going to try to nail down. Um, a time when I'm doing the show on a regular basis. I hate calling it a show because I'm not on here for show. I'm on here to do a radio program, but I'm going to try to nail down some times that I could do a radio program. I'm thinking Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. That used to be my old schedule, but on the first and third of every Monday, um, we have the conversation reparations, so maybe I could just, you know, take that Monday off when they're on air and then just come back the following week on, on Mondays because they come on at 9 o'clock as well. Or either I would have to do the BTR News program earlier um, than 9 o'clock. So I, I'll work something out because um, I do need to regularly get back on these airwaves Um you know, thank you to the other people that have been holding it down, the other um, radio stations and podcasts that's on the network. I don't know if y'all know, but we got two new programs that's on the air on Black Talk Radio in the mornings. Uh, on Mondays um, is Victims to Victorious, which is about gun violence, and um, it's hosted by uh, Sister Angel. And then we have a show that just started I would say a couple of weeks ago, it's called Men, Money, and Food. It it takes, I'm not going to say it's not a serious program because they do talk about serious issues, but it's more laid back programming than um, the other stuff that you're used to getting from the network. And, and that's cool, you know, because these are women talking about relationships with men. Um, they're talking about you know, eating the proper food and what have you and getting their money right. All right. So um, they're on on Tuesdays and Thursdays at what? 11 a.m. And uh, Angel, she's on air with Victims to Victorious at 11 a.m. on Mondays. All right. So 
If you haven't checked out those programs, check them out, you know, live or, of course, you can always download the podcast and give it a listen. Now, speaking of downloading podcasts, look, keep it real with y'all. I'm the only person that's running Black Talk Media Project. I'm the only person that's running the other networks and making sure the other networks, you know, we got a sister network called Time for Awakening. You can find them at timeforawakening.com. And, you know, I'm the sole person that's responsible for all the technical stuff. I, I am the IT department. Um, I know BTR community, our social media network was down for a couple of days. It wasn't really down, but you couldn't access it. Um, due to a misconfiguration with one of the security tickets that was supposed to renew on its own, and it didn't. And therefore, you know, you might be able to get in and it was saying that it wasn't secure. Or you might have got blocked by Google Chrome saying this page is not secure. So I got that I got that fixed. Sorry about that. Then I just had another issue that with BTR community today because it uh, wasn't loading up. It wasn't loading up, but that's because of the issue I had the last time. But it should it should be okay by now. It, it'll take thirty minutes for the server to update um, any changes, and so I did make those changes over thirty minutes ago. So you should be able to access BTR community dot com, which is a private social media network that, um, you know, people told us that we needed it. And, and so, again, I'm going to keep it real before I get into the broadcast. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I'm very disappointed at all the people who told us years ago, what was that, 2016? Yeah, was it 2016 when we launched btrcommunity.com that we needed um, a social media platform besides Twitter and besides Facebook because they be kicking people off. Um, you know, they got racists working for them and what have you. And, you know, we got about 100 members, but we should have way more than that at just $24 a year for ad-free, meaning you don't see any kind of advertisement, just like you really don't see no advertisement on blacktalkradionetwork.com, but you don't see any kind of advertisement, um, not trying to sell you anything, you know, uh, but you're able to engage in social media in a private environment. Ain't got to worry about the police, you know, monitoring your page and, and seeing what you posting to put you on some kind of, terrorist watch list or y'all know how they do and so I'm just very disappointed that more people who said that we needed this haven't joined and it's just $24 a year it's a way that we can fundraise for the nonprofit. and of course as we are a nonprofit, Black Talk Media Project which manages you know this network blacktalkradionetwork.com and btrcommunity.com we are a nonprofit, so those are tax deductible donations. You know, uh, April fifteenth to be coming up next month. Um, so you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure when you were supposed to make your donations at the end of of the calendar year of last year. Uh, I'm not sure in order to count those donations as as tax write offs. But you know, um, even if you're not able to write off a donation now, you could write it off next year. And I, I'm saying this because we're really in danger 
of, of shutting down. One day y'all might go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, listen to your favorite podcast or your favorite live stream on whichever radio station that's on the network. And then the page ain't loading up, okay? And that means that we're offline, all right? Look, it costs about $1,000 a month to pay for everything that I need to pay for. And we've been maintaining that for about 12 years. I mean, we're in our 12th year now, you know, with an average donation of about 800 to 1200 a month. It, it takes about $1,000 a month. And that's not even paying me a salary. I don't even pay myself a salary all the time and work that I put in. I, You know, I'm a firm believer in what the Bible says, that a person who works should be paid for that work. But... I do this as a labor of love because if I don't do it, who else going to do it? Okay. You know, this is not a for-profit operation. This is an operation so that we are informed about the things that we're not going to be informed about when we're, um, you know, watching mainstream media. And I'm talking about your cable um, networks. And then even some of, some of our people on YouTube that used to be on mainstream media, shout out to Roland Martin. You get on YouTube and, and running your own business and you're still serving the establishment and misleading the people with disinformation and, and you know, just really trying to work your way back onto cable TV to show them that you are good you know, Negro, who is not too threatening and will carry the water for the Democratic Party and what have you, you know, and that's just a shame. That's just a shame. So, I'm 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 gonna be letting people know on every broadcast that we need your donations. Thus, uh, last month we only had about six hundred dollars come in. Then I have to go into my pocket. Then I have to you know deprive myself of, of certain things that I need to take care of in order to keep the network going. When we got what anywhere from thirty. Now I'm just going to talk the radio stations. We got anywhere from thirty to 50,000 people who are tuning in to those radio stations at any time during the month. Then, not to mention the podcasts that are being downloaded, okay? We're the number one black independent uh, podcasting and digital radio platform in the world, okay? That's, that's a lot of people in our existence on just podcasts. Over 2 million podcasts have been distributed. And that's just from blacktalkradionetwork.com as we also distribute on Blog Talk Radio uh, since they was kind enough to not charge us or to give us a free account since I was one of the first hosts on there back in 2007 and Black Talk Radio was very popular. Uh, and when I couldn't afford to pay that $30 a month anymore to distribute the podcast, they was like, well, you qualify for a legacy account. And we appreciate that. But, you know, for all the people that's downloading and listening to the stream, we shouldn't be struggling like we struggling. And, and I mean, I should be able to have a Black Talk Radio in every city, in every town, or in every county that has a high population of, of, of black people. And, and I'm singling out black people because I know more than just black people listen to and appreciate the information that we share on this network. 
but I'm talking, I'm, I target black people because of the 1996 Telecommunications Act destroyed terrestrial black radio. That's why all, when you turn on so-called black radio on your in, on, in your car, that's all you getting is gangster rap music or gospel music or, you know, you're not getting any real black talk radio. If you do tune in to one of Kathy Hughes' station, you're getting the same voices in every market, and it's not localized. You, you're either hearing Al Sharpton or you're hearing uh, Tom Joyner, you know, and people cracking jokes. Well, what's the what's the other comedian named? And now he hosts a lot of stuff on television. Steve Harvey. Okay, we're not getting serious people talking about serious issues. From time to time, they may touch upon this or touch upon that, but basically, all they are are sheep herders for the Democratic Party. That's right, sheep herders. That's what they are to keep us stuck. And I'm not saying that we should vote Republican or whatnot. You should judge each individual based on their character and the policies that they push in. Now, unfortunately, the Republican Party left black people behind in the 1800s, okay? Or sometime in, in the 1900s is when they left them behind because, you know, the Democratic Party was the party, the default party of races for a long time. The default party of of slavery and what have you, but now they are about a different type of slavery, and that's you know prison slavery in human trafficking. So, if this network has been a part of your life for the past eleven and, and some odd years, then you should support it. You you really should. I mean, it is a tax deductible donation. And I don't care if it's only $2 a month. If 10,000 people is downloading podcasts, then guess what? And they're giving a dollar a month. That's $10 a month. Come on, people. I know, I know that you can make a way and find a way in your budget to throw some change our way. I'm not telling you, although I do appreciate those who make larger donations, but I understand how hard it is out there for poor and working class people, especially black people. We on the bottom rung of the economic ladder. I know you don't have a whole lot of disposable income, but we find a way to go party sometimes, don't we? We find a way to do whatever it is we want to do. We find a way, don't we? So please find a way to start making regular donations to the Black Talk Media Project. Again, tax deductible because it would be a shame, man, if we had to shut down in our 12th year. I mean, once you've been on, once an institution has been around for 10 years, I mean, or an organization has been around for 10 years, it becomes an institution. And, you know, we've been doing all we can and doing a lot without going to these big foundations and going to these wealthy uh, uh, people who fund the Democratic Party, who fund the Republican Party. You know, they give money out. They give grants out. If you're going to do what they want you to do, they might say, hey, Scotty Reed, you need to stop talking about broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA, Inc. 
You know, you can't be talking like that, man. We need patriotism. We don't we don't need you to be telling the truth about what's going on. You know, with money comes strings attached a lot of times. And so if you value the independent voices on this network, then please make a way for us to stay online. All right. Get into today's broadcast. By the way, um, again, I haven't done a live broadcast in a while, but that telephone number, if you would like to ask a question or make a comment, you can give us a call at 704-802-5056-704-802-5056. Uh, hit the star key twice, and that will signal me that you want to uh, speak. Okay, um, you're all, all more than welcome. We can accommodate a thousand people on the conference line. So, so, you know, if you can't listen via your smartphone or via a desktop computer and you need to call in, then, of course, you can do that. All right. So, um, one more time, 704-802-5056. Now, one, to, today I, I titled this Con- the Coronavirus White Moderates and Negroes in the House for the Status Quo. Now, <laughs> I'm I'm laughing right because I did title that House Negroes, but I know we got a lot of sensitive people in this world, and and they call that name calling, and sometimes you just gotta call people by their names. But I was thinking about you know the name calling, and we shouldn't name call people, so I was like, okay, we'll just say Negroes in the House, and then since we're talking about the U.S. Congress, the House. And certain Negroes who who came out and endorsed Joe Biden at the last second, then, you know, I think that's fitting. Negroes in the house for the status quo. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight. Now, we're going to start off with the coronavirus, COVID-19. I started to call Dave tonight and have him come on. We have done a couple of broadcasts in the last couple of weeks together on this coronavirus because this is serious. This is serious, people. Now, we've been trying to measure, you know, our commentary because we don't want folks to panic. We don't want to get accused of, of putting out conspiracy theories and whatnot, even though conspiracies do exist. We just want to be responsible in what we say as it relates to the coronavirus. Now, speaking of conspiracy theories, my cousin that lives next door showed me something that somebody sent to him on his phone. Apparently, there was a a Dean Koontz book. I can't remember the name of it right now. But there was a 1981 book that was written by Dean Koontz. I think I'm saying his name correctly. And on one of the pages, it was talking about the Wuhan virus. Now, y'all know that the coronavirus is said to have originated in Wuhan, China, right? I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it was said to originate in Wuhan, China. Now, Dean Koontz, he he writes like those spy drama type books and, and having to deal with, you know, spy craft and and conflicts between different governments and what have you. And he was talking about a biological weapon that was being developed in that book and saying that it would come out in 2020, the Wuhan virus, but people, that's just a coincidence. 
All right, I did some research on it, and, and Dean Koontz don't have no crystal ball. He ain't plugged into the military-industrial complex because there are some crazy people that do work on on those type of, of germs because it's known as germ warfare or biological warfare. You know, I, I and many times I have talked about the white paper rebuilding America's defenses that was put out by the now defunct think tank called the Project for a New American Century. And in that paper, they was talking about developing biological weapons that can target people by their eye color or the color of their hair or other phenotypes, you know, target people because they don't want to keep blowing up the infrastructure like how the Obama administration uh, uh along with France and Britain, destroyed the infrastructure of Libya. But in that white paper, they was talking about, well, we want to leave the infrastructure intact. We just want to kill the people. So it is, and these well-known people that was part of that, that wound up in the Bush administration. It was a letter that they had written talking about rebuilding America's defenses to Bill Clinton in 1998. So, don't don't think that I'm naive and don't think that there's evil people in these governments that do type of stuff like that. You look at Iraq and the depleted uranium that they were using in those munitions and it caused all them birth defects. They knew that was gonna happen. So don't don't get it don't get it twisted. But that coronavirus um, you know, he was calling it the Wuhan virus. And then in later editions of the book, he named the virus after a city in Russia. So no people, no, no. Dean Koontz ain't plugged into nobody. He That's just a coincidence. Sometimes coincidence do happen. And, you know, there are a number of articles that debunk that. You know, um, the image that people sending around of that page is real. It's real. But this is a fictional book. This is a fictional book. And, you know, it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Now, I can't tell you if this was man-made biological weapon or, you know, because of the different type of food that people eat in different parts of the world and then, you know, the unsanitary conditions at some of these outdoor food markets and what have you. I mean, it's entirely possible that it came about through, you know, the right combination and and came about naturally. I don't know. And I'm not going to sit up here and pretend to know. I don't know if it's man-made or if it emerged from nature. But I do know it's a ser- it's serious. Now, some people is trying to play it down and say, well, more people right now is dying from the flu every year. And that's true. That's true. But this thing just getting started, really. So, ain't no sense of, uh, of being careless and not taking caution. Some of the things that they say that to take precaution is very simple. You can get the mask. Okay, you can buy those surgical masks or whatever. Matter of fact, next time I go to the VA hospital where they had had them on the wall for you to take on, I mean, all over the hospital or at least on every floor that I was on, I'm going to grab a couple of them. I'm going to try to get more than a couple. I might take the whole box, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, you can wear those masks. If you got a beard like I do, you need to shave your beard. 
Um, you want to have a smooth face um, because that can, you know, prevent the uh, mask from sealing fully on your face. But I, I don't really go out in the public. I'm really going to get it for my daughters uh, who do, you know, go out into the public. I work from home, so I don't really go out that often. Um, but still, though, um, another thing is don't touch your face. If you out, like I told my daughter who works in a retail store, and I was like, you know, money is dirty anyway. It got all kind of germs on it. But with this Wuhan virus, and there has been a case here in North Carolina in Wake County, um, I told her, don't be touching your face. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands after every exchange with another person. You know, use hand hand sanitizer or, or what have you. They say you should wash your hands with, with warm or hot water up to 30 seconds. Of course, you know, you don't want it too hot to where you're burning yourself or what have you. But those are very simple things that, that you can do to, to reduce your risk of contracting um, this virus. Now, another thing I want, well, before I get to the capitalism part, um, because also I believe that this is the perfect case example for Medicare for all, all right? Because even with Obamacare, and I, I dog Obamacare, I've heard other people who have insurance through Obamacare that the premiums are very high from what I've been reading. It's been going, the premiums have steadily been rising. But y'all got to know that that was a Republican plan. They might as well called it Romney Care because that was a Republican plan that was a big giveaway to the insurance companies making you buy insurance, okay? And if you're very, very poor, then, you know, you get a waiver or whatnot because I get those waivers in, in the mail because I have, um, every time tax season come around, I get those waivers because I have VA insurance. So I got insurance. I don't have to buy healthcare insurance, but that's what the whole Obamacare exchange, or I should say the ACA Affordable Care Act, which is very unaffordable for a lot of people, um, but they mandated or they had to pay huge tax penalties if they don't, don't get it, all right? So that whole thing hinges on them forcing enough people to buy healthcare, to offer it to other people, but I heard on the news about a $10 a month plan they got on the, on the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act exchange. Now, what y'all think $10 going to cover? How much, how much care do you think $10 a month, $120 a year is going to get you? And that's not even including the cost of pharmaceutical drugs or, or prescriptions. And now the uh, federal courts have just ruled that the individual mandate that it hinged on forcing people to buy it has been ruled unconstitutional, as it should have been. I, you know, here in North Carolina, I have to buy, even though I don't own a car, I sold, I sold the little car I had because I work from home. And, um, you know, we got other vehicles. If I need to go somewhere, I can get there. You know, they got Uber and what have you. But usually my daughters take me where I need to go, which basically is only to my VA appointment. So I don't have a car. But I have driver's license, and therefore I, I'm forced to buy insurance. I don't pay but $5 a month 
because I don't go nowhere. But I have to I have to have car insurance to maintain a license. I feel like that's unconstitutional. You know, I, I, I just really do. I don't feel like I should be forced to buy insurance and I don't have a car. I don't care if it is only $5. But that part of the ACA has been ruled unconstitutional. You ain't, they ain't really been talking about it. Not that I have seen, you know, not that I watch cable news a lot, but I haven't seen them really talking about it on, on YouTube, you know, cause they mainstream media is on YouTube as well. And people share stuff from the mainstream platforms on social media, which I'm on social media gathering information and I'm not seeing them talk about it. Except for Fox News, of course, because the conservatives want to see it overturned. And now it's headed to the Supreme Court after being ruled unconstitutional by a lower court. And chances are it's going to get trashed because you got a conservative court in the majority. Okay? And so I feel like this coronavirus and the fact that the healthcare industry is profit-driven that this is a way that the population can be called. Okay? Now, from what I've been reading, again, this is secondhand information from articles I've been reading, but it's mainly killing the elderly people. People 50 years old and above. I'm 53. And usually it's these people that already have some kind of issue with their lungs or respiratory system and what have you. But that's been the number one people who have been, or the number one fatalities is older people. In China, it's, it's mainly older people. Now, it's, and it's a good thing. It's not affecting children as badly. It's not a lot of fatalities in, in children because they're, I, I, I'm guessing that because their immune system is um, better equipped to fight it. But older people, the elderly, man. Now, you just think about this, though. We live in a capitalist society where healthcare industry is profit-driven. They've been arguing in Congress about this this uh, coronavirus uh, package that they was going to release to buy more testing kits and invest money into coming up with a vaccine. And I, I can hear my folks out there that's concerned about vaccines already, right? But anyway... But then the fight was over. Well, how affordable is it going to be? Now, to the Democrats' credit, some of the Democrats have been arguing that it should be free. It should be free. But Obamacare, those who have Obamacare, I was reading that there are some provisions that that should make it free and you shouldn't have to pay a deductible in order to get the vaccine. But then think about the millions of people especially in red states, what they call red states, which are usually across the South and, and in the Midwest, where they did their governors block the Medicaid expansion part of the Affordable Care Act. Okay, so they didn't expand Medicaid so poor people can have access to health care and what have you. Now, just think, if this thing really, really, really starts spreading and it hit hard, 
to me, and I'm thinking cynically, to me, some of these some of these evil people in government will be just fine with culling the population, get, especially getting rid of older people that are drawing Social Security so they don't have to pay out those Social Security benefits every month. Um, I'm saying I'm cynical, but y'all know it's people think like that. That's why they want to keep wars going to cull the population. But we in a capitalist society, and like my cousin was saying to me the other day, man, they look at us as bottom feeders because we're not wealthy. We ain't we ain't as poor as some other people, you know, that live around us. But you know, um, we ain't wealthy, and them people look at us as bottom feeders, and and you know they wouldn't care about us dying off due to this virus and what have you. And and he has a point, even though I'm not going along with the conspiracy theory without any facts. I mean, it is it is okay to speculate based off the information we do have. And we know these people, these people, evil people in governments throughout history have cold populations gotten rid of. Why do y'all think that First Nation people are such a small population on this continent now? Okay? Y'all heard about the U.S. Army giving out blankets with measles to First Nation people? Y'all call them Native Americans. I used to, but that's not proper to call them that. So I'm going to go with the more proper terminology. They're First Nation people. They were the first ones here in half nations. So I was just thinking about that today. Capitalism is threatening to call the U.S. population based on socioeconomic factors, which could be just what some people want, or in the very least make them not care. If poor and elderly people, especially non-white black people, are going to be the most susceptible to dying from the virus, which means that they can stop sending out those benefit checks and, and continue to hide how much they've been stealing from so the Social Security fund that everybody's been paying into that's worked all their lives. It makes sense to me. I, I, I can see them thinking like that. Sometimes, you know, to understand evil, you got to think like an evil person, you know? You got to just, you, you got to go there sometimes, man. And so I, I definitely see that as a possibility. So let me pull up this map because this thing is spreading. Um, You know, if you're not on Black Talk Radio um, Network.com right now for tonight's uh, post, which will later be where the podcast is, if you're listening later on the podcast, I have linked to the cdc.gov uh, coronavirus uh, report where they're giving regular updates. This last update came earlier today and they are going to keep updating it. It's coronavirus disease 2019 or COVID-19 is the technical or medical term that they've given it. Um, it says this page will be updated regularly at noon Mondays through Fridays. Numbers close out at 4 p.m. the day before 
reporting. So this latest update came to you today. It says the CDC is responding to an outbreak of respiratory illness caused by a novel, which means new, coronavirus. The outbreak first started in Wuhan, China, but cases have been identified in a growing number of other locations internationally, including the United States. All right, COVID-19, U.S. at a glance. Total cases, 99. Total deaths, 10. States reporting cases, 13. Data include both confirmed and presumptive positive cases of COVID-19 reported to the CDC or tested at the CDC since January the 21st, 2020, with the exception of testing results for persons repatriated to the United States from Wuhan, China, and Japan. State and local public health departments are now testing and publicly reporting their cases. In the event of a discrepancy between CDC cases and cases reported by the state and local public health officials, data reported by the states should be considered the most up-to-date. Now, I was also uh, reading an article. I didn't get to the details of it because I was prepping for the show, but I can't because I can't I I can't include everything. But it, it was saying, and y'all can look this up, and I'm definitely going to look it up later and and update y'all uh, either through the social media networks that we maintain or or the accounts on the outside social media networks. But I heard that six states are not testing that I don't know if it's due to funding issues. I don't know if it's due to don't have the equipment to do the testing. I don't know, but I heard six states are not testing. All right. So, um, it goes into further details. It says that there are 30 travel related cases. Like for example, the person in Wake County, North Carolina had, had just come from, the state of Washington on the West Coast, and we and and people in the state of Washington, and they don't even know how had gotten it, okay, and and um so they suspect that's how the guy in North Carolina got it was cause he was in Washington and got exposed, person to person spread twenty cases. 49 cases are under investigation, bringing the total amount of cases to 99. Now, think about the fact that healthcare is a profit-driven industry in this country. And you think about millions and millions of people, and I'm not exaggerating, Affordable Care Act did not cover everyone. Millions and millions of people who don't have health care, don't even have a primary care doctor, may not even have, if like in South Carolina, may not even have a clinic in their county. It could be, it could be people out there with this thing and not even know it. And not even know it. And just and it's just spreading. I'm not saying this to alarm you or to get you in a panic. I'm saying this because it's possible and you should be, you should be cautious. I value each and every one of you. I don't want any of you to succumb to this. 
Now, they called it a pandemic when me and Dave was doing our show, but now they can't make up their mind if it's a pandemic or not. It says that as of March 4th, 2020, which was yesterday, 500, no, 1,526 patients had been tested at the CDC. This does not include testing being done at state and local public health laboratories, which begin this week. So, I mean, they even got a map of all the cases of where it's been reported. It's really bad in Washington. They got 30 to 40 cases in Washington state, uh, one to five cases in Oregon, California, 30 to 40 cases. Uh, Let me see, Nevada, no, Arizona, one to five cases, Florida, one to five cases, Georgia, one to five cases, North Carolina, one to five cases, Uh, let me see, Illinois, one to five cases, Wisconsin, one to five cases, New York, one to five five cases, New Hampshire, one to five cases, Massachusetts, one to five cases. Uh, Let me see what else we got here. Um, That's still New York. So that's what's being reported. And I think there's also one case that popped up in the American Samoan Islands, one of their colonies, you know. Um, So this is something to take serious, people. Um, especially if you got elderly people in your family because they are the ones that's most susceptible. And I would imagine infants as well because their immune systems aren't aren't fully developed. So just, you know, make sure that when you when you go out to um, you know, just wash your hands, don't touch your face and and, and just, you know, be careful. Don't uh, cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. You know, the best way to do that if you don't have a handkerchief or something is to do it in the crook of your arm when you fold your arm towards your face. I was doing it like y'all could see me or something, you know, and and cough into your clothing and what have you. So um, I tell you at this time with this thing going around, I would not be hugging nobody. I would not be kissing nobody on the cheek or none of that type of stuff. I, I might give fist bumps instead of handshakes. Or, or, <laughs> but again, I do not go out like that. I don't go out like that. But see, my next door cousin works in the school system in uh, Mecklenburg County. And, and, you know, so I'm around him. <laughs> Man, I tell you, y'all, I'm taking this very serious. And you should, too. All right, now, I do need to take a station identification break and a short break to uh, refresh my coffee, Um, okay? And we will be back on the other side, and we will get into the topic of white moderates and Negroes in the house for the status quo. Again, if you want to see Black Talk Radio Network continue to remain online, bringing you the voices that it does, um, make a tax deductible donation. No small amount, you know, it, it, any amount will help. I got a person that does $2 a month. Another person that does $12 a year. I appreciate that because you know what? They give them way more than tens of thousands of other people that's using the platform. 
We'll be back on the other side with more Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. This is Monroe, North Carolina. The town where local NAACP president Robert Williams created headlines when he said, Sometimes violence must be met with violence. Many asked why. You know, we do whatever we do to survive. Drop it! Some of the people who had thought that it would be better to settle these cases violently, uh, I had been able to uh, persuade them that we should use the courts and go into the courts. So this thing had, uh, had boomerang. And uh, I was being uh, held responsible for having brought these cases to court. There was a trial where a Negro maid had been kicked down a flight of stairs uh, by a white man. And that uh, this man hadn't even bothered to come to his own trial. And that he had uh, he had also uh, been uh, acquitted. And uh, there was a demonstration as a result of this in uh, the courtroom by the Negro women of the community. And uh, they had approached me and uh, had said, well, you said that you would see that these people would be punished because uh, through the organization we would have competent counsel and uh, that if it hadn't been for you that these people would have been punished. And uh, they wanted to know what I would recommend that they do from then on. And so I recommended that, that they meet violence with violence, that uh, Negroes must be prepared to repulse attack, that they must be willing to fight, that they must be willing to die and to kill if necessary, that uh, there was no law and no 14th Amendment uh, to the United States Constitution of equal protection in the South, and that therefore they didn't have any deterrent, so they would have to create the, the, the deterrent force themselves by meeting violence with violence. Bounce the 
Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. Um, the song you're listening to now is Reparations by Baritone Scholar. The clip that you heard, um, the music was Brothers Gonna Work It Out by Public Enemy, which was in the news, by the way, here recently. But that was uh, one of our North Carolina hometown heroes. Um, Robert F. Williams, check out the documentary Negroes with Guns or read the book that he wrote, Negroes with Guns. And I had actually wrote an article about him. Well, he was part of the article. The article wasn't about him, but I wrote an article that was shared on Facebook over 11,000 times about what black voters um, should know. Uh, uh, where let me let me back up. It was titled "What Black Voters Should Know: Where Cuba and Castro Fits into Black History in Light of the Attacks on Bernie Sanders." You know they then went back to the seventies and got a clip of Bernie Sanders talking about Cuba and Castro implementing a literacy program to educate their citizens. Now I want y'all to think about something there. Um, and I had mentioned, you know, all the freedom fighters that the FBI was trying to kill at the time or set them up to throw them into prison slavery and also how Nelson Mandela um, and other African people praised Cuba and Castro for coming to their aid and helping, helping them overthrow American and European or we could just say white colonialism. He credited Mandela credited them, not Joe Biden, who lied about going to South Africa and getting arrested. I mean, man, you got to be a devil to stand up in a black church and tell a lie like that and lie about how you was part of the civil rights movement. Just lying, just lying. The devil ain't got no shame, do he? And shame on those who allowed him to stand up in their church and tell them lies. Okay. Now, I don't know if them people was up on their history or the history of Joe Biden, but they should have known that man was lying. He should have been done just like Bloomberg was done in that black church in Alabama and, and, and people where people got up and turned their backs on him as he was speaking in that black church. Okay? So, anyway, that's a good lead-in to uh, white moderates and Negroes in the house for the status quo. Um, you know, as I mentioned, 11,000 people shared that history of Cuba and where it fits in the black history as well as African history in our freedoms of struggle. 
and you know I can I can see who shared what on Facebook and if they make it public and I can also see what they wrote and you know I was happy to see some people saying that how this history is hidden from us and then how some of us want to repeat the same thing we hear on white propaganda television even if it's coming out the mouths of black people and sit up there and demonize Castro and demonize Cuba. You know, Castro went to, the I think it was Harlem, uh, when he was mistreated at a hotel, and he ended up going to a black-owned hotel in Harlem, and Malcolm X let the community know, and black people and Cubans living in New York City in, the, in that area, and Puerto Ricans all came out and gave Castro a hero's welcome. But you ain't going to read that in, in your American history books. No. No. Okay? So, you know, it, it is just a shame how we got Negroes in the house for the status quo, parroting this stuff about from these white moderates. So this is sort of like a post-Super Tuesday analysis that I'm giving you. Um, I was so, I was, man, I was so depressed, man. I'm telling you I was so depressed. But I'm feeling a little bit better now after I've been able to drill down in some of the data. And these people like Roland Martin and, and these other Negroes in the house for the status quo was on Twitter talking about Joe Biden won the black vote and black vote, you know, propelled Joe Biden to the lead. I mean, the dude only got a 65 delegate lead. That ain't nothing. It, this is just getting started. But they were like, oh, you can't win the black vote. You can't win nothing and all this and that and bragging. And I'm like, man, this is just simply ridiculous. This, this is ridiculous. And, and Biden didn't win the black vote because the black vote ain't monolithic. What he won was the boomer black vote. No offense to the boomers out there, okay? Um, my mom is one of you, but she ain't vote for no Joe Biden. But he won the black boomer vote across the South. So what? And and then you had the younger black people that's under the age of, of 45 who overwhelmingly went for Bernie Sanders. So how Roland Martin, Roly, Mr. Roly Poly going to come out of his mouth talking about they uh, Biden captured the black vote? Every black person didn't vote for Biden. I didn't vote for him here in North Carolina. I voted for Bernie Sanders, and I'm 53. So to sit up there and, 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 and just lie to black people like that and propagandize black people like that for the status quo to get them behind Biden. And and I'm just so tired of Roland Martin. I had to unfollow him on Twitter today because, I mean, he just, he just out there, man, it's like he trying too hard to get back on establishment media on the cable channel after he lost his program because he helped Hillary Clinton cheat in the 2016 debates with Bernie Sanders, giving giving uh, Donna Brazile them debate questions so she could pass them on to Hillary Clinton so that she could practice her answers that she was going to give to black people. It was a CNN uh, TV one news debate. That's why he on YouTube now. And and now he, you know, he got his own little company. He done started. He's still pandering 
in, in sheep herding for the DNC establishment. So let's stop this nonsense about the black vote with overwhelmingly. You know, I was believing the hype too. I was real depressed. I was like, man, these people don't care nothing about mass incarceration. They don't care nothing about the related, you know, prison, I mean, excuse me, mass incarceration, I call it prison slavery, or the related issues like policing, slave catching. I just saw on TV tonight where about six or seven cops piled on top of a black person in New York because he was smoking weed. I'm like, man, this is this is this is just ridiculous. But then, you know, I had said we have to understand that these black boomers are in the red states. In the red states where they have been deprived of an adequate education. Okay? And I mean it's just a shame with all the high rates of poverty of black people in these red states, the lack of access to health care, South Carolina being uh, uh, one of the major ones, even even white people in the rural areas of South Carolina don't even have access to health care. But, you know, Biden captured the white and black boomer vote. And unfortunately, they turn out higher and they can be relied upon to go to the polls. And young people, if y'all want some change, and the only way I see change coming about non-violently is through the vote. And I just don't see anybody seriously training up for another civil war. So let's just even, let's not even bring that up. You know, I see the revolutionaries out there talking about, see, that's, that's what you get for voting and all that. Do, 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 do. You is not finna start no war with the United States military. You just not finna do it. So why are you talking like that? The only pathway I see is through capturing the vote. And young people, y'all are not turning out to vote. Y'all just simply not. My own my own two daughters made me angry. I have been telling them for weeks, early voting, early voting is open. Go cast your vote for Bernie Sanders. I saw him yesterday. I bet y'all didn't vote. Ah, I forgot. I forgot. I'm like, okay. All right. I guess you don't want Medicare for all. I guess you want to continue to pay them high uh, uh, premiums through your employer. And then one of my daughters is, well, I ain't going to say she unemployed, but let's just say that she's working under the table. And, and so I'm like... Y'all don't want to go to college, then I, I'm telling y'all, man, it's very important, young people, that y'all get out there to vote. Because you see, these some of these old heads, it's not all of them, but it's enough of them that have given Joe Biden a racist who praised white supremacists. I mean, how can you ever say anything about Trump talking about well, there was fine people on both sides of of Charlottesville. Joe Biden was praising the white supremacists he was working with in the Senate. 
But that's who you're going to vote for, right? The father of modern mass incarceration. That's who you're going to vote for. The men who flooded our communities with cops through that community-oriented policing program or whatever they call it. Then he, he sat up in, in Charleston last Friday night doing that CNN town hall and lied about uh, supporting billions of dollars for new prison construction in the federal at the federal level and the state level when he has supported six billion dollars worth of funding for prisons. We can't get six billion get them to give us six billion dollars of funding for K through twelve uh, uh, public schools. And then the final bill, it ended up $10 billion for new prison construction. And then you look at all of our people on these prison slavery plantations being killed. You know, it's been a rash of killings here lately in the Mississippi prisons, in which the Department of Justice is supposed to be investigating. But the Department of Justice already investigated the Alabama prison system and found that it was in violation. The whole system was in violation of the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. I don't know I shared that video it didn't make the mainstream rounds but I shared that video of that Florida prisoner who for two years was shooting secret video with with contraband cell phones inside a Florida prison and just showing how inhumane the conditions were and all the stuff that was going on uh, uh, and we gonna so we gonna, and some of us gonna vote for Joe Biden? Is it because you don't know Joe, but you're out here claiming that you do just because he was in close proximity to Barack Obama? And what did Barack Obama do for us? Now y'all want to sit up here and say some of y'all, well, Bernie Sanders can't do nothing without a Congress, but that ain't what you were saying when Barack Obama was running, was it? You wasn't concerned about those things. And then everything you don't need Congress to do, like implementing a prisoner bill of rights, which Sanders has part of his platform. Because the executive branch sets the standards in the Federal Bureau of Prisons and then has the carrot and the stick to make the state prisons fall in line. Because they control the funding. Then you want to complain on social media about mass incarceration. You want to complain about police brutality. And then you're going to support a white supremacist like Joe Biden just because he don't use the N-word in public. What's wrong with you? You had me very angry and upset. Because I, I, I don't see I don't see another chance like this to end prison slavery in my lifetime, I'm 53 years old. I'm not going to speak no death in my life, but how much time do I have left? Bringing attention to prison slavery has been my passion since I read the 13th Amendment in 2012. People in prison slavery can't wait for moderation. So, I'm, I'm telling you, man, 
And then also one of the things that I need to consider is right after a poll, a national poll, it was a couple of national polls came out showing Bernie Sanders was, was had more support among black voters than Joe Biden. The next couple of days, they start shutting down polling places, never opened them on election day in Texas. Then you had all kind of problems and shenanigans going on in California. States with high, with a high population of Hispanics, which Bernie Sanders also was leading with. I don't I can't sit up here and say for certain that I saw a memo that said, "Oh, it looked like Bernie Sanders is going to uh uh you know, take these states in the South. We got to do something. Let's close some polls in the black and Hispanic communities and make them stand in line for five hours. And maybe some of them will just get tired of standing in line and walk away, you know, cause young people, man, they ain't got as much patience as the older people do, the elderly people. And then, you know, being gentlemen's and ladies, they might let the older people go ahead in line. There are a number of, of factors, but I, I just think that that's not a coincidence that you start shutting down polling places in black and brown communities in Texas and then all the problems in California. And then also, you know, I, um, I want people to be aware that this is just starting, y'all. This is just starting. It ain't over. I know a lot of Sanders supporters um, you know, are are down and out after that that result because the polls were saying one thing and then you got a different result. No, he only sixty five delegates ahead. He only got five hundred or so delegates. Bernie Sanders right behind him at four hundred and something. And now you got more states that's going to vote. I mean, they you got to have a thousand and something delegates. Over a thousand, I think close to two thousand. I can't remember exactly something around eighteen hundred or nineteen hundred delegates to keep it from going to a second ballot where the DNC then can bring in their super delegates and rig it even more like they did in twenty sixteen. Which by the way I linked to a lawsuit, a fraud lawsuit from twenty sixteen where the DNC, the courts ruled that, hey, the DNC is a private corporation and they can change their rules whenever they get ready and they can rig their primaries however they want to rig them because they're a private corporation. That, that's what was ruled in court because the DNC, after they was being sued by uh, Sanders supporters, because they didn't donated all this money to what they thought to a candidate and what they thought was a fair process. And it, it, evidence came forth that they had rigged it for Hillary Clinton. They want their money back. And, but they lost the lawsuit. Um, but the co the lawyers for the DNC said, Hey, if we wanted to, and I kid you not, they said, if we wanted to, we could pick our candidate in a, a in a back smoke filled room just like they did it in the old days. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm being straight up with y'all. If they rig this one, which it looks like they're trying to do, 
But if they read this and Biden ends up the nominee, and even if he ends up as the nominee in a fair process, I'm done voting for Democrats, man. I'm going to be straight up Green Party all day long for the rest of my life, however long that may be. Because that is a progressive party. And help them get ballot access in these different states and break the monopoly the Republicans and the Democrats have over the electoral system. That's the only way they could do it. You have to get a certain amount of votes for your presidential uh, candidate or senatorial candidates, certain amount of votes, and then that next year you you automatically on the ballot. Like here in North Carolina, man, it was like four or five parties. Libertarian Party, I didn't see the Green Party, uh, Libertarian Party, and a couple of other parties. I don't, you know, I didn't have any name recognition of. But if they rigged this, I'm never, I don't care. Hitler could be freaking president. I'm not voting for another Democrat because they have to, they, it have to be some repercussions when you do something wrong, right? So uh, I'm telling you, man, this may be my last go around uh, voting for, and Bernie Sanders, no, he's not a Democrat. Although I think he is now, and only so that he could get run in the DNC nomin- uh, seat the DNC nomination. But some people be, oh, he's not a real Democrat. And you think that's a negative? He's been a lifelong independent. He called out a couple of weeks ago and people was whining and crying, saying that he was ready to take on the Republican and Democratic establishment. People were whining and crying about that. I'm like, go sit yourself down somewhere. So um, I linked to a couple of good articles about um, the different dynamics. And also another thing that I hadn't even considered is that in the South, whether they white or black, they tend to be more conservative or moderate in the South. There was a good uh, Guardian article about that. And that's why it split along generational lines, when, especially when we're talking about the black voting base. It's split along generational lines. And that makes sense. Younger people would be more progressive than older people. It makes sense. Boomers are going to be more moderate and conservative. Because black people traditionally have always been conservative. Religiously conservative is what I mean. Meaning for better or for worse and I shouldn't even say that but um, they don't support gay marriage because of the you know it's, it's spoken out against in the Bible they are conservative on that issue very very conservative conservative L Y P Buddha Edge however you pronounce his name uh, never stood a chance he never stood a chance, Super Tuesday. No, he didn't. Because you in the South, that very, very conservative people in the South. So, 
this just got me to thinking about white moderates and Negroes in the house for the status quo and what Martin Luther King Jr. talked about. And I'm like, man, these boomers, they grew up during Martin's generation when the civil rights struggle was going on, when the black power struggle was going on. Were they the ones? Because, you know, everybody wasn't for Dr. King. Why he want to change the status quo? Why he want to start this trouble, this troublesome Negro? He going to bring the man down on us. He going to get our kids killed out there. They must have been, the boomers that's going for Biden, them, them must have been the ones that was against Dr. King. Because how could you have been for Dr. King and the policies that he was pushing, especially after his successes with the 64 Civil Rights Act, which outlawed employment discrimination and is why you can sue your employer for practicing racism if you can gather the evidence on them. People try to say it was about integration. No, it wasn't. It was about it was about uh, protections from racism. But the pro segregationist black folks, they had you believe it was all about going to school with white people. No, it wasn't. It was more about employment than anything. And no, we ain't never owned no major industries to where we were employing millions of black people. Never happened. That's a fantasy or fake history. All right? And they were being discriminated against, not getting the same pay, not getting the same considerations for employment, and just all around mistreatment. But how can you say, you know, Dr. King was talking about health care for all. He was talking about poverty. What was his campaign? The poor people's campaign, right? There's speeches of him. I found one speech where he was given somewhere up north, and it was more white people out there than black people. And he was speaking against the Vietnam War, and he was talking about how the how the promises of the Great Society, giving a throwback to FDR, but how the promises of the Great Society have been shot down on the battlefields of Vietnam, where poor black and white people bear the heaviest brunt. Okay? So, I don't see how you can celebrate Dr. King and not celebrate the things that he stood for and not be for Medicare for all, not be for college for all, not be for a prisoner's bill of rights, to not be for a racing student debt, to not be for a racing medical debt. I, I just don't see how. What are you doing? You just going to MLK days of uh, um, events for what? I don't know. To be seen? Because obviously, if you don't support the platform that Sanders is putting forth, then you didn't support the platform that Dr. King was putting forth. I tell you, man, and then I saw this clip of Roland Martin. He had Reverend Barber on. Reverend Barber 
from North Carolina uh, who led the Moral Monday marches here in North Carolina and then he expanded that to the National New Poor People's Campaign picking up where where uh, Dr. King left out left off advocating for the poor and he does have a pretty large multi-racial coalition and how they was talking about now I, I tell y'all I really really don't like Roland Martin he was on there talking about Bernie Sanders didn't go to Selma you know cause they had the 55th anniversary of them marching across the bridge in Selma Alabama what Bernie Sanders was in California with public enemy having a huge rally the day before Super Tuesday so I'm just like man in 2016 whenever somebody brought up that that Bernie Sanders march with Dr. King was part of the civil rights movement got arrested resisting racism and white supremacy in Chicago oh he just pandering to black people but then when he don't go to Selma because he's trying to win this race and he not trying to pander to you with symbolism oh here come Roland Martin. Oh, he didn't go to Selma. That was a mistake. Then other people talking about after he decided to cancel his event in Mississippi and go to Michigan instead. Oh, he's abandoning the black vote. He didn't shut down his operations in Mississippi. But why focus your time and energy when you see that all of these black boomers for Biden live in the South when you need to focus on states that you got a better chance of winning some delegates. That's not abandoning the black vote, but I, I'm telling you, y'all, that's the stuff that I hear that makes me angry. That's why I had to stop following the dude, man, because he always coming up with some nonsense. Just because he can cite black history, just because he can wobble, just because he always talking about black HBCUs, which he didn't even go to one. Don't mean that he representing what's best in, in the best interest of black people. And I, and I say this because a lot of people, black people, turn to him for information. And it, I mean, y'all should have caught a clue when he was buck dancing on the stage with Hillary Clinton. Okay, it was the wobble, all right? When he cheated, when he helped that woman cheat and lost his own job because of it. And he's still buck dancing for the establishment. But I seen this clip. Let me see if I can pull this clip up. From um he had on Rock uh yeah, Reverend William Barber from here in North Carolina. And I cut the clip short, but I did share it because they was Dr. Barber was at Selma and he pushed back on them white moderates like Amy Klobuchar and Pete Booty, Booty Boy, you know, going down there and then pandering for black people, and, you know, then endorsing the racist white supremacists. Mr. Mass Incarcerator himself, Joe Biden. This is what Reverend Barber had to say to Roland Martin about the moderates 
over there talking about moderation during that march, during that event. So let me get this to queue up. I don't know if it's going to start automatically or what. Let's let's see. Tomorrow on Super Tuesday. Now, one of the folks who's been dealing with all of these campaigns uh, has been Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, talking about issues uh, around the poor, trying to get the candidates to focus on poverty. He joins us right now on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Reverend Barber, how you doing? How you doing, man? I'm in Birmingham in a Super Tuesday state. We've been spending three days down here in the South trying to get people to understand that poor people, black and white and others, are literally the political calculus transformers. If we can ever get these candidates to focus, and we're here for a big mass meeting leading to June 20th of the Mass Poor People's Assembly Mar March on, on Washington. You talk about, of course, uh, trying to get them to understand those issues. I was with Senator Doug Jones in December uh, there in Birmingham. I was there for a National Association of Black Journalists board meeting. He and I had lunch. He told me that there are 900,000 unregistered people in Alabama, 500,000 of them African-American. Well, that is true, but there's something else that we look we need to look at. There are 1.5 million adults voting age adults in Alabama who are poor and low wealth. Trump won the last time in Alabama by only 500,000 votes. 900,000 people that were already registered didn't vote. Doug Jones won by only 22,000 votes. In the South, in the 13 former Confederate states, there are 75 million poor and low-income adults. 75 Trump won million. Won 23, his total vote counted was something like 23 million votes. So there are three times more poor and low-wealth people who registered to vote in the South. And there's not been a focus on that, even though all of these southern states, in Alabama, for instance, 43% of the state is poor. Large, they don't have health care. Uh, nearly 50% of the people plus make less than a living wage. The political calculus is really with poor and low-wealth people and getting black and white and brown to come together. One of the things I'm concerned about, uh, Roland, is I keep hearing this language, whether we need a revolution or, or a moderate candidate. Well, in Birmingham, you know, it was Dr. King who challenged this notion of moderation in the face of so much injustice. I think what they ought to be saying, the issue is not do we need a revolution in the face of the racism, retrenchment, and injustice of Trump. Surely we need a revolution. What kind of revolution ought to be the debate? But anybody that marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge yesterday and said, which was a place of revolution, to say we don't need a revolution of values and a revival of moral values, it seems to be off-centered in this most critical moment. Now, I cut it off there. And why did I cut it off? Because Roland Martin came with a lie, and I know he knows a lie. Let me close this window. Um and say that none of these candidates are paying the poor people any attention. Now, he know that's a lie. He know that Bernie Sanders for 40 years have focused on low income or poor, low wealth, to use the language of Reverend Barber, working class people. That's why he pushing Medicare for all. That's why he pushing college for all. That's why he pushing housing for all. So, Roland know that. Roland spent more time on Twitter attacking the Sanders campaign than he do attacking racists in the Democratic Party. It's easy to take to pick on Republicans. It's, it, that's an easy target. That's a big giant bullseye. You, yeah, I mean, they don't take no nothing. 
no knowledge, no courage whatsoever to call out Donald Trump or Candace Owens or Ben Carson or any Republican or conservative. It don't take no courage to do that. They make it easy. Where it takes courage is, it's calling out the Democratic Party and the racists within it. They hide their racism to, uh, from those that don't really pay attention. They racism shows in their policy. They ain't got to call you a nigger. Oh, now. I, think, I think we got a caller, uh, 662. All right, all right. Um, let me just finish up what, what I was saying. But, okay. yeah, it's, right. it's easy to call out Donald Trump. Let's see if, I, like I asked Roland Martin, I shared the fact-checking article from factcheck.org about Joe Biden talking about uh, his bill didn't lock up that many people and he didn't support money for building new pr- Just lie after lie after lie. And I told Roland Martin, instead of you attacking uh, Sean King or these surrogates for Sanders, why don't you go attack them lies Joe Biden said on Friday in Charleston? Now, caller, go ahead with your first name. Thank you for calling yeah. in. And what's this on your Tom, mind? This is Thomas Scott and everybody else. The radio ran. How y'all doing? Doing the best um, we can. Yeah, I just happened to click over. I've been trying to catch up with somebody for the last four or five months, but good idea. But anyway, based on what you were just speaking on, uh, I came in on the tail of the conversation. I'm, hope I'm, I'm hoping I'm not too far off base. But... I've been studying this whole thing for a while now, this Democrat and Republican thing. And the conclusion that I have came to based on facts, not my feelings, on my facts, I'm looking at this. They've been bamboozing us ever since 1965, but we keep going back for more. Yep. What, John, what, what Joe Biden did I'm not telling nobody one way or another politically. For me, it's an insult. And it's been an insult for a long time, but I have been asleep. They have talked about everything that's been taking place in the last three years pertaining to loosening some things up pertaining to us black folks. Mm -hmm. They have talked about it. Now, there's been some things done. There's still complaints about that. But we have nothing to say about a party. Not meaning to be politically, we're talking policy, mm-hmm. that have constantly put policies in place. That's going to help the people. same people. And we have consistently mm-hmm. approved it. And I have another to say about this pertaining to this abortion we're mad because the police is shooting us and we ought to be any injustice is injustice but we protested because they won't give our females the right to kill our children before they even get here the same people that Oh, civil war. Whether you believe Lincoln was for the war or against the war, whatever. We got freed, and what difference does it make at this point? 
and that's to me is a fact. It happened. Shortly after that, everything that we have done since then been supporting the people. Not every all white folks back there a party that have everything they have done to been to hinder us. Mm-hmm. From Jim Crow, where did they come from? What organization did they was birthed out of? The Klan? What organization was they birthed out of? Right. They taught the brothers in a bar so what organization was they birthed out of? We got a Democrat and a Republican organization. Which one did all of this? Ain't nothing's changed to this day. Well, I, I want to go back to your first point. Voting for them. Let's go back to your first point, which I'm in wholehearted agreement with, is that the Republicans and the Democrats been playing us. Yes. The, the establishment has been playing us. Like yes. I had told, yes, like I told somebody today, they was talking about, well, you can't do this unless you have a function in Congress. I'm like, Congress has been dysfunctional for as long as I've been living. They've had low 30s or less approval ratings. And the only thing that they agree on is the prison industrial complex, locking black folks up and brown folks up, and the military industrial complex, killing non-white people all over the world, and cutting the social safety net. Like Social Security and Medicaid and 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 uh, uh, the EBT, the food program and stuff like. Oh, they come to agreements on that. But when it comes something to doing something for poor people and working class people, oh, they ain't got neither party got nothing for us. Oh, we just can't do it. That's not possible. Everything you say is correct, but see, see what. But what I have studied from this and seen, this is my analysis, my perspective. There is a certain, we, we operate in a party thing. There's a certain party, in order to have a party, there's a group of people that believe in things, ideas, and they, and, and they agree on them. As far as I'm concerned, the Democrat Party has been the leader of everything that has been too downtrodden us. The Republican Party problem is they have not had enough courage when they should to speak up against it. That's the problem with So in other words, they're really going along with it, but they ain't going to see it. But the Democrats are so angry, they don't mind speaking on it. But what they have done is change their language. They're they still getting the same method, the same result. The end result's going to be the same in the end. What do you think they're going to kill our children, man? But they got us raising hell about the police shooting us. There's no ch- black babies aborted than it is born. How about that? How about that? And we, we should be worried about every black life, every life lost. But at the same time, Listen to the abortion chatter. Let, let me say this about abortion, because that is, in like I was saying earlier, black people are conservative when it comes to homosexuality and when it comes to abortion. Uh, black people traditionally are against those things. But here, here is why I say the abortion thing ain't my, fu- ain't my fight. 
and because we can reduce abortions by giving people Medicare for all. Did you know that for all this false, and it got many faults, right, because it still left millions of people uninsured, but once the Affordable Care Act got passed and it gave and it forced them employers to cover contraceptives and what have you, you know, birth control, that abortions went down. Abortions are at their lowest level ever since they made it legal when in the 1970s or what have you with Roe v. 73. Yeah. So it's at its lowest level because people have access to health care. And, you know, like I was telling my mom, you know, because uh, she's very much against abortion. And I was telling her, well, mom, I'm with you on that. You know, I don't support abortion either. But I don't see us being able to change that law. But if the goal is to reduce abortion, let's get more people access to health care. Then they won't need to have abortions. And, and that's proven by the, the, the abortion rate being as low as it is right now because of expanded health care through the ACA. I, 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 I don't have no facts, Scotty, to, to agree or disagree, but in myself, I have to disagree, but facts, I don't have them. I, that's just another trickery to me, because when you get into this, this health care for all, once you allow me or give me this, guess what's going to happen behind that? Now, I'm talking from my experience, there's some strings attached. So once you attach these strings to my, listen to what we're saying, we talking about health care. Now, the federal government is going to provide this. Once they provide it, guess what? They have control over it. Once they have control over it, it's going to use the work out as well for the individual. Mm-hmm. They can manipulate what I do and what I don't do, how I do well, it. Well, actually, now, we bro, if you... From a medical perspective. If you, if you read up on Medicare for All, and I appreciate you sharing that you don't have the facts, but I do have the facts. But actually, okay. Medicare for all would be a good thing. Now, will your taxes go up? Um, yeah, it'll be a it'll be a five percent payroll tax on you. But then you still paying less than what you paying for health care premiums, and then you won't have any more out of pocket expenses like oh you got to make a co-payment of $20 or $10 or or $500 depending upon the procedure and cuz i have veterans health care it would work just like my health care it would work just I like just, mine i just i just got da and sometimes i can be very displeased with their system now, well, that's because they underfunded, man, and they don't got enough doctors. Like my doctor, I won't get be able to see my primary care doctor until August. That's how overwhelmed they are because they won't fully fund the VA and hire new doctors. They stealing the money. That could be that's that could be the case the as well. It's too many hands manipulating. That's what they have to our community. It's not look. We talk about we need to be funded, right, in our black community. They always, from the top, they they mandate this money. They mandate it on paper. But when it gets to the community it's supposed to go to, ain't nothing left. Well, see, that's one. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons that the doctors, 
A lot of doctors have come out for Medicare for All because it eliminates all that administrative cost. See, that's what's really costing you is the administrative cost, not the actual health care itself, but the administrative cost. And see, Medicare for All would eliminate that. But I I would just encourage you to go to BernieSanders.com and go to the Medicare for All section and read up on it because it also expands coverage to mental health care, which I know I need some mental health care the way I stay depressed about stuff and then but you can already get it buddy. yeah I can get it through the VA that's true but see I'm not thinking about myself so, so, so I'm thinking about other people with the mental health that they provide you are you dis- disappointed with it no I just don't want to I, I, I don't know to be honest with you I had within one time they asked me if I was depressed I said yes and then and nothing else now, the next time they I went in, the last time I was in, they let me know if you're feeling suicidal or something like that, you can come over here and talk to somebody. So, you know, I ain't I ain't really that that depressed that I'm suicidal or anything like that. So I know, but see, I'm not thinking about myself. I don't want Medicare for all. I got free health care. I don't have to yeah. pay for my prescriptions. I want it for the people who don't have it. And, and, and that's a that's a noble cause on my part and yours. I'm telling you, but all all I have to do, let me rephrase this and put it back, is look at the things that they are completely in charge of, and I have to ask myself, how has that worked out for me? Mm. Whether it's of the whole white and black folks together in Puerto Rico, whatever it is, the whole group as a nation, when they're in control. Then I can narrow it down smaller than that and say, the welfare program, how did that work out for us as a family? That's why there's no men to call up on in the houses of black folks now. Because any time the government itself, I believe, put a system in place, then they're going to turn out good for the population. Well, we and put we putting all this money. We already and I read Bernie Sanders knows that. We already putting all this money in the system. We already putting all this money in the system through our taxes and we ain't getting nothing. We it's benefiting right. the wealthy. But bro, I gotta move on for the sake of time and I got another caller. But uh, I pre- okay, I'm gonna say this if you allow me to. Say that I believe part of that is as we put us in position of this we cast lots with the people that's been ripping us off, and we become corrupted too. And that's just the way it is. Thank y'all for listening. I mean, the whole, the whole show up, but I've been waiting for some months to say what I said. Thank you. All right, Thomas. Peace. All right. All right um, I think that's Tag, if I recognize the number from New York. Tag, is that you? You got something on your mind you want to speak on? Yes. Yes, Billy Scotty. What's doing? Doing the best I can, man. Doing a lot better than a lot of other people, so I ain't going to complain too much. No doubt. Absolutely same. And just seeing right now that uh, this this brother, uh, this brother uh, Woods, Nathaniel Woods, who, whose execution was stayed um, as of, tonight, uh, apparently, according to at least three sources now that I'm looking at, was in fact executed in Alabama tonight. 
So uh, I, I don't know if, if you had, had peeped that as yet, but I know that that's something that... I know, had read earlier it. on social media that um, he had gotten a stay, and you're telling me that they um, would have executed him anyway? Yeah, that's that's what it looks like according to the sources that, that I've seen thus far. Uh, I, now, I for, people that's, three, for people that's three, not aware of the case... Because I don't have that many details except for it was a lot of people who are raising issues of his innocence, uh, saying that there was plenty, you know, to bring reasonable doubt that he wasn't the perpetrator of the crime for which he was convicted of, which, you know, this is why I'm against the death penalty, man, whether a person did the crime or not. Too many innocent people get executed. And for your Joe Biden voters out there, this man wants to execute people for dealing drugs. No, I mean, exactly. exactly. And it's, 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 it's just, it's beyond sick. And a lot of questions, you know, uh, should be raised behind something like this when you have a Supreme Court, so-called Supreme Court, in Alabama that acknowledged that there was reason to review the case, place to stay, and then, you know, just a few hours later, go ahead and decide that they're, they're just going to, they're going to execute this man anyway. Even, even uh, his co-defendant, you know, is on record saying that, that he was not involved, that, that he did not do this. So uh, it, it just begs it just begs tons of questions, as do all of the legally sanctioned executions um, of heads in, in the United States, and and the fact that it still continues. It just you know what kind of message are they sending us with this? The same message they've been sending us since we've been hanging that strange fruit from the trees. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I would have to agree with that. And, and those that have written commentaries and have spoken out on this have said as much, you know, and have been very vocal about this, but it happens time and time again. And so this, you know, these, these are, these are not only the questions, but just, you know, what, what are, what are the, you know, what what are the answers to to some of these questions? You know, there 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 reaches a point, you know, when uh, it, it it seems to to go beyond uh, the 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 kind of you know what what can really you know what can we really say about it at this point? We've we've mm-hmm. been knowing that that that's what they do. We've been knowing that you know the the form that it takes the the various shapes that they can you know kind of muster up and and try and justify and so you know so there it is they 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 went ahead and decided to do that once again and so we'll we'll see you know how they go about attempting to justify it this time i haven't really even seen any well, any uh real attempts to 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 clean you know to to clean up their story uh with respect to this case but okay well you know oftentimes do this for me tag do this for me um i didn't do new abolitionist radio um sunday night 
because I'm dealing with some depression and I just wasn't feeling well this weekend. But if you can prep something for us, if you can make it Sunday night and we can go into some of the details of the case, because I, I simply ha have not been aware of the details, just, you know, just hearing, you know, stuff posted on social media, but I haven't looked in detail to it. Is that something we can do Sunday? No question. I'll do, I'll do my level best on that. And I'll, I'll start reaching out to heads and, and continue to look into this, but uh, absolutely. I'll, I'll do what I can on that. All right. Um, was there anything else you wanted to share before I um, close out these last 15 minutes with some more information concerning uh, uh, white moderates and these Negroes in the house for the status quo? Not, I mean, I, this this speaks for itself. You know, as, as you said, Jim Crow Joe, as you said, the Democratic Party and, and their long-standing history with regard to enslavement and with regard to the, the types of activity that, you know, both of these parties have, have been involved in, it, it speaks for itself. He, he's on record with respect to, uh, or with disrespect to those who are criminalized and, and his engagement with the criminalization of, of us mm. and, and what he feels should be done about those that he and, and his compatriots are able to criminalize. So it, it speaks for itself. This is, this is just but one more, you know, of, of a long list of, of, of activities that characters like himself are complicit in. Frankly. Yeah. State sponsored murder. That's what it is. All right, tag. Well, I look forward to uh, hooking up with you. Um, over the rest of the week. And by the way, BTR community has some problems, but I got it back up. It should be on back online now. I know it had been down for a couple of days because I saw you was the last person to post three days ago. So uh, hopefully I got those issues resolved. Much respect. Appreciate the work and, and talk to you very soon. All right, Tag. All right. So uh, in respect, you know, again, I'm focusing on, on this election season right now. So death penalty was brought up. I'm looking at this article that was published on Vox.com on July the 26th, 2019. Joe Biden's 1994 bill put these four men on death row. Um, it says Biden sponsored a bill that expanded death penalty eligible crimes. Now, of course, since he running for president, he didn't soften his stance just a little bit, but, you know, y'all can go for that if you want to. Um, Bernie Sanders says the United States must join almost every other advanced country on earth and abolish the death penalty. Enough said. We need to abolish, not reform. All right. So, um, moving on. Um, I just want again, you know, we heard from Dr. Reverend Barber. I played a clip of him saying, I'm concerned about these people down here in Selma talking about moderation um, while commemorating a revolutionary act that Dr. King took. And, you know, uh, Roland Martin playing his role for the establishment, talking about there's no candidates focused on poor people. That's a lie. 
and y'all anybody that has has followed the, and I ain't never even heard of Bernie Sanders until 2016, but since then to see this man's record of being on the right side of these type of issues, he ain't perfect because I have some issues with him uh, when it comes to foreign policy, but in terms of what's needed for poor and working class people, um, he has the policy prescriptions, all right? And and so, um, you know, Dr. King, which he referenced in that interview with Roland Martin, warned us about these moderates. And I'm going to read an excerpt from his letter from a Birmingham jail, because remember, Dr. King went to jail for that. I must make two honest confessions to you, my Christian and Jewish brothers. First, I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. And so you know as a Christian I also had to bring up you know I had posted about that about Christ saying I'd rather you be be hot or cold than lukewarm meaning if you riding this fence I ain't got no respect for you that's the moderate the moderate is the fence rider okay and I, I just don't see why we all of a sudden um, well, it's not all of a sudden. It's because of the media, media programming that Malcolm X talked about. We're watching too much MSNBC. We're watching too much CNN. We're watching too much ABC. And think that we're getting the truth. Well, there are some things that are just simply facts and you can't lie about them. But there are other things, especially when we're talking politics, where they lie all the time in the way they try to portray things. Now, um, pertaining to, I'm I'm sorry, did you have something else you wanted to add, Thomas? Yes, 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 God, thank you, and everybody else out there that everything you're saying at this point, I agree with, because uh, putting it another way, in, in, in biblical terms, like you say, um, to... Um, the, the word says that, and I don't mean to be preaching because I'm not from the long shot, but it speaks on that. That 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 evil prosperous and thrives when good men, evil men thrive when good men fail to do nothing. And and and, and that's what we got. One party don't mind pushing eight agenda. The other party will sit back and try to reconcile and ask you to compliment with it. Yeah. 
compromise. Hey, that's what the king was saying. That's what he was saying. That's what the good folks do. They've always done that. That's what we're doing. The good folks are always scared to step out. The bad folks is always aggressive about what they are doing. Right. I you know, agree. Either way it goes. They're going to get their job done. And we're watching it. What Joe Biden is doing now, that's how they have always played us, in my mm. opinion. Yep. Always. They've always done what they're doing. So why should he change his game? It's been working for everybody. It worked for Obama, too, didn't it? Yep, yep, yep. It worked, sure, it worked sure his families for him. Yep. It worked for, it worked for what, Bill Clinton, didn't it? Yep. So, so why would Joe Biden change his methods? It ain't about him. It's about me. It's about us. Yep. We got to wake up. We being enlightened and don't even want to see the light. The evidence is all around us. They can't hide how they've been doing it, what they've been doing, how they've been acting. Yeah, it, the evidence is there, but you got to uncover it, you know? Cause yeah, it's right there, no, it, it, It's, it's right there, you're right. You're right, it's right there. But if you don't want to take the time to uncover the truth, then it's going to remain hidden. It, it, it used to be you had to take the time to uncover it. They didn't got so tripping all over themselves now. They, they tell on themselves. Not only telling us, they've been showing us all the time. They ain't telling us now. Did you hear what Joe Biden said in Aurora? Yeah, we're going to take y'all guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to raise your tax. Joe Biden said that. Yeah. The other guy in Texas said, we're going to take y'all guns. It, it'll be a they war. It, it'll show so enough be a war. Uh, <laughs> it'll show enough be a war if they was to attempt that. You hear the guy in Texas said that? Yeah, Beto O'Rourke. Who came out? Yes, who supposed to be a progressive? They, that's how yeah. hungry they didn't got. Evil does that. Yeah. Evil don't have no boundaries. Mm-hmm. Your body said, "Yeah, I'm gonna raise tax on you." This is what one telling you too. Bernie Sanders too. Where do you think they gonna get all this money from? We, but they telling us we ain't hearing what they saying. Well. Again, I encourage you to go read Bernie Sanders' platform. Like, how do we pay for okay, college okay. for college for all? Well, we just put a tax on Wall Street t- transactions, put a 0.3%, and I might have the figures wrong, for every time a trade is done on Wall Street, that's how we're going to pay for college for all, which really ain't paying for everybody to go to any kind of college. It's just paying for tuition-free public college, like at a local community college, or a state okay. college, not a private college. So, that's how he pay for it, making them rich people pay for it. I think they got that in Tennessee already. Well, like Bernie Sanders said, some of these, some, uh, Wayne State, my sister went to Wayne State in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. started offering tuition free college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some colleges have started doing it on their own. So then if they can do it on their own, then you can't tell me we can't do it everywhere. Okay. But let me let me move I, on, I, I, Thomas. I'll catch you the next time, bro, all right? Yeah, I'm just thankful that I ran across y'all on, on, on the air again, man. I'm thanking you. I thank everybody for listening to me and giving me the all right. Opportunity to say my say. I, I hope it made some sense and helped somebody. Okay. We'll, we'll catch us the next time, bro. Just keep an eye out because I'm going to start doing more live broadcasts, but we'll talk to you. Okay.
I'll be sending you something through the mail shortly. Here, I send it through my sister. Right? I don't do the internet or nothing like that, but you get it, okay? Okay, Thomas. Thank you. All right. All right. Be blessed, brother. All right. Now, the last thing I want to address, we saw James Clyburn. He's like the number three person in rank in the Democratic Party in the House. And he came out last minute, why he wait to the last minute, I don't know, to tell black South Carolinians to go vote for Joe Biden. And you think James Clyburn don't know about Joe Biden's history? Of course he know. But also, the reason that he came out so late was because he saw Sanders winning those first four states in the lead in the delegates, and they don't want Medicare for all to pass because it would eliminate the private insurance company. I found this out actually right before I came on air, but James Clyburn has gotten more money. Let me pull up the article. Um, let me see, where is it maintaining their place? Let me pull this up. So, so I don't misquote you. This is from the Post and Carrier, which is in South Carolina. Clyburn has taken more than $1 million in farmer money in a decade, far surpassing his peers. So, you know, when you hear Bernie Sanders talk about why do Americans got to pay 10 times more for a bottle of insulin, do Canadians have to pay? Why do our drugs cost so much that we paying 10 times more than everybody else in the world for the same drugs? Well, that's cause of the pharmaceutical industry got people like James Clyburn in their pocket. And I'm going to tell you, they probably gave a call to James Clyburn and said, look, we scared, we nervous over here, man. That Sanders talking about cutting into our profits and what have you. And he's he won the popular vote and nearly tied Pete Buttigieg in, in Iowa in the delegate count. He won New Hampshire. And then what was the other? Uh, he won uh, Nevada. Y'all got to do something, man. What we been giving y'all all this money for? Clyburn has taken more than one million in farmer money in a decade far surpassing peers. While South Carolina's longest serving congressman through his support, the research and the growth of the multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical industry in his district, drug and device making companies rewarded him by giving liberally to his campaign war chest for years. U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn, Democrat out of Columbia, has collected more in the last decade from the powerful political action committee attached to the pharmaceutical industry than anyone else in the House or the Senate, according to Kaiser Health News and a post-courier analysis. See, that's the stuff that people don't be aware of when they listen to the, look, I don't care how many people endorse Bernie Sanders, it shouldn't matter to you that New Abolitionist Radio endorses Bernie Sanders' prisoner bill of rights cause it would end prison slavery and stop prison gerrymandering and that's something he doesn't need congress to implement you still shouldn't vote for the man just cause we've endorsed him because of that plan 
Okay, you should do your research on the man. You should research his policies and then come to your own conclusion. See, that's our problem. We listen to these talking heads on TV and then we think we're getting correct information. And they're not telling you is what they're not telling you that really stands out the most. We listen to these elected representatives, whether they in our district or in another district. And just cause they the same skin color as us, we think they got our best interests at heart when they don't. What they got is their pocket in, 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 in mind. That's what they fighting for is to keep their place in this system. So I ain't even know that about James Clyburn, okay? I didn't even know that. But I knew he was establishment. So it didn't surprise me that he came out for Joe Biden, but why did he wait so late? Why he wait so late? Why he gonna wait right before they vote in South Carolina? Well, I, I submit to you, I surmise that he got a call from the pharmaceutical industry. If y'all don't stop Bernie Sanders, you ain't gonna be getting this money no more. Because he's going to cut into our profits by making drugs affordable. And again, I say this as a person on medication right now. I didn't have to pay for because I get it free prescriptions through the VA. And I don't think I ought to be able to get that free prescription and you not be able to. Simply because I was a... a I ain't going to say I was a fool, but let me just say I was an ignorant young man who didn't have all the information, who didn't want to go into college debt, and, and so I'm going to join the Army and not recognizing that I could be sent to war and was sent to war to go kill or help kill millions of Iraqis, Okay? That is when I, I began waking up is during the Gulf War and reading Malcolm X biography. I don't know who put that book in my hand because people, you know, were sending us books to read and stuff. And then they put them all in a pile in a box in, 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 at headquarters and we'd just go grab something. And I saw it. I was like, oh, Malcolm X biography. Let me read that. That opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff. Still didn't know it all at a young 20-something-year-old. I think I was 22 years old when I deployed to Saudi Arabia for uh, the Gulf War. And I, I tell you, man, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't go. Now, to, to my brothers that was drafted, you were drafted. You were drafted, and so like my dad was drafted to Vietnam, so, I, you know, I don't hold that against y'all. Y'all could have, you know, played conscientious objector and fled to Canada or, or whatnot. But, you know, um, still you, you were coerced into doing what you did. So I don't hold that against you. But me being an ignorant young man trying to avoid debt that shouldn't even been an issue if we'd have had college for all back then. I'd have went to Gaston College or this North Carolina State University and got a degree instead of joining the military for the GI Bill. But they say sometimes ignorance is no excuse. So I apologize for my role in that. 
But that's why they don't want us to have college for all because it is a military recruiting tool. That's why you, oh, don't want to pay the high cost of college tuition? Don't want to go into student debt? Join the U.S. Army and go around the world and subjugate and oppress and murder non-white people. It's a recruiting tool, people. This world got to change, man. It's got to change. And we gonna have to be the catalyst of that change. And again, I don't see us going to war, starting no civil war. Uh, one might break out if if it comes to pass what like Thomas was saying, and they go out here trying to take these white people's guns, and oh, it's gonna be a war. Are we gonna be prepared? I don't. I think not. I think we gonna be a lot of casualties. Pockets of us are prepared, but the vast majority of us ain't. We ain't, or and I don't care how many guns in the hood. If you ain't organized and 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 understanding military tactics, man, you ain't got no chance. But I don't see that happening no time soon. So the only catalyst for change I see is by through politics and supporting progressive candidates. It's a reason I was reading Malcolm X, and I'm going to read this Malcolm X uh, um, clip about Negroes in the house for the status quo. Excuse me. But um, I was reading something uh, from Malcolm X earlier. I'm going to have to go back and read it because it, it's not fresh in my memory, but it, it was definitely pertaining to keeping the status quo in, in place. But anyway, James Clyburn, as I stated, has gotten more money from the pharmaceutical industry, which is a target of Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Malcolm X said to Castro, if Uncle Sam is against you, you must be a good man. And then he also said, not to Castro, but I, I can't, I have to go back and read it because I just came across it. He was talking about if the U.S. government is is praising you, if they always talking about how good you are, and he was talking about black people, he, if they always pinning medals on your chest and giving you awards and stuff like that, then the rest of us ought to question you. Because there's a reason the U.S. government is holding you in such high esteem. This is what Malcolm said. Here's an excerpt from the House Negro and the Field Negro. You have to read the history of slavery to understand this. There are two kinds of Negro. There was that old House Negro and the Field Negro. And the House Negro always looked out for its master. When the Field Negroes got too much out of line, he held them back in check. He put them back on the plantation. The House Negro could afford to do that because he lived better than the Field Negro. How much y'all want to bet James Clyburn living a lot better, living a lot larger than you living? a lot larger than I'm living. I bet he ain't wondering where his next meal is going to come from. I bet he ain't wondering if he's going to find a bed to sleep in at the homeless at the uh, homeless shelter tonight. 
He ate better. He dressed better. He lived in a better house. He lived right up next to his master in the attic or the basement. He ate the same food his master ate and wore his same clothes. He could talk just like his master. Good diction. And he loved his master more than the master loved himself. That's why he didn't want his master hurt. If the master got sick, he'd say, what's the matter, boss? We sick? When the master house caught a fire, he tried and put the fire out. He didn't want his master house burned. He never wanted his master's property threatened. And he was more defensive of it than the master was. If that don't explain these Negroes in the house coming all out for Joe Biden or Bloomberg, even though Bloomberg has dropped out, but coming out for Biden, if that don't explain them, See, that the main reason that I know Bernie Sanders has great policy prescriptions, not the main reason, but one of the reasons is the establishment. Both Republicans and Democrats is coming so hard against him. They wouldn't be they wouldn't be trying they wouldn't have rigged 2016 for nothing. If he wasn't a threat to their power. In, in the status quo, they wouldn't have rigged the election against him to get Hillary Clinton in there, and then she lost to a talk show host. First time he ever ran for office, ever. If he wasn't threatening the Democratic Party status quo, they, they wouldn't be coming so hard against him. They wouldn't be coming so hard against his non-white predominantly non-white base. They, they wouldn't. They'd be praising him. But what, what did James Clyburn, he got a call from the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, Bernie Sanders is threatening our house. He's threatening our profits. He's threatening our property. Y'all got to do something. And then here come the Negroes in the house for the status quo. Joe Biden is great for America. Let, let me play this clip before I close out that was shared with me. Of No, I'm not going to share it because it's too long and I'm already over. But I I have linked to it. I have linked to it. Um, it is black elected officials who may not have their constituents' best interests in mind. If you go listen to that ABC News interview with James Clyburn, he's going to bring back, resurrect a 2016 line where I was so disgusted to hear this from black people who I consider friends. Oh, black people just want something for free. If anybody deserve not to have to pay for something, it's black people. And for you to come out your mouth and say, we just want something for free. First of all, he ain't promising nothing free. It's got to be paid for, but it's who's going to pay for it. I ain't got a problem with Wall Street, which which when it was established was trading in African human bodies. I ain't got a problem with their transactions being taxed to pay for my children, my grandchildren to attend a public university. Okay? And neither should you. And, and then in that clip, James Clyburn talking about we don't want nothing for free. We want to work for what we get. Give me a freaking break. I tell you, man. People, 
Like Thomas said earlier, you better wake up. And it's not like the truth ain't right there for you. It's right there. They can't hide everything. It's right there. If you listen to the words that they speak and you have a discerning spirit, it's right there. All the evidence you need. We cannot keep letting these white moderates and these Negroes in the house continue to bamboozle us in protection of the master's house. With that said, I'm going to close out. Please share the podcast if you think it's constructive. As I stated, Black Talk Radio Network is in danger, and I'm not hyping this up, but we are in danger of going offline due to the lack of financial support. So help keep us online and informing you by making a tax-deductible donation to the Black Talk Media Project. All right, with that said, y'all be safe out there behind these enemy lines. Slave catchers is out here killing people, jumping on people and setting them up to put them into prison slavery. So you got to move with some prudence and, and, and some caution behind these lines. But at other times, it's time to throw caution to the wind, all right? And you got to be willing to, to die for what you believe in. With that said, peace and blessings to all.